Of course, AD security and AD recovery doesn't begin with the moment that you are fully compromised, but actually with preventing that you become compromised by properly taking AD security serious today. Yeah, it's tomorrow might be too late. People are often overlooking that, let's say, legacy model with all the permissions that they might have added over the years as to what risk that means today for their production environment because the focus is gone. The focus is on the new stuff. The focus is on be it Azure, be it AWS, whatever is cool and new in the cloud, that's where the people focus on and put their effort. AD, it's like old stuff. Mobile workforces, cloud applications, and digitalization are changing every aspect of the modern enterprise. And with radical transformation come new business risks. Welcome to Hybrid Identity Protection, the premier podcast for cybersecurity pros charged with defending hybrid identity environments. Presented by Semperis, the pioneers of identity-driven cyber resilience for the hybrid enterprise. And now, here's your host, 15-time Microsoft MVP and active directory security expert, Sean Duby. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HIP Podcast. Imagine if you were in IT management and you learned that one of your most foundational systems didn't have any kind of a true disaster recovery plan. Not only that, it never had a DR plan. What would you say? What would you do? This isn't just a scary CISO bedtime story. It's the state for more than half of the companies in North America, and the foundational system I'm talking about is Active Directory. My guests today are my colleagues Guido Grillenmeyer and Gil Kirkpatrick, also known as the Masters of Disaster, who are Semperus's chief technologist and chief architect. They have just published a comprehensive white paper, Does Your Active Directory Disaster Recovery Plan Cover Cyber Attacks? The white paper is available on the Semperus.com website under resources. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, Sean. How are you? Glad to have you join me as ever, and you have been doing some very interesting work in this area of disaster recovery, but this is not the first time you've tackled this. What, what's the history behind this white paper? So th- this actually goes back to, I, I want to say 2004, when Guido and I collaborated on putting together an Active Directory disaster recovery workshop. At the time, th- there was essentially no notion of recovering Active Directory from from scratch, you know, just from a clean system and a backup. And uh, Microsoft hadn't really published any documentation about how to do it. And we thought it'd be a really cool thing to uh, actually put together a class where we had people hands-on with a set of virtual machines running domain controllers and, and let them melt the whole thing down and then take a backup and recover it. And the initial class idea was, I think we gave everybody a, a four domain controllers with two, you know, an Active Directory Force with two domains, four domain controllers. And we told them to use NT backup, take a backup of your uh, domain controllers, and then recover the whole environment from backup. Guido and I and a couple of other Active Directory MVPs at the time had put together the step-by-step process to do it. And it was, it was complicated. I have to say it was, it was probably 60 or 70 individual steps that you had to go through to do that recovery. We listed out all the commands, everything you had to do step-by-step. And in practice, after we did that workshop a few times, we found out that maybe 20 or 30% of the people could actually do it. 
And that's when we realized that this whole active directory disaster recovery thing was a problem for people. Um, nobody really understood how it worked, how to do it. And the process itself is just naturally really, really complicated and easy to screw up. So you found it, or the, the students found it to be very, very difficult, but, um, but largely unnecessary at the time. It was a pretty rare circumstance, right? That's true. I mean, I think at the time I had heard of maybe one or two production active directories that had, and I think in both cases, they were some sort of schema corruption problem uh, that, that needed to be recovered from backup. Uh, that was a really unusual situation. I don't know, Guido, do, do you remember anybody having to go through that? No, of, of course not. I mean, let's, we have to give our students a bit of a credit uh, from, from that workshop because, of course, even our focus in that workshop was not solely on forest recovery. That was exactly the last part that they were able to or were supposed to do in that workshop because everything focused on how do you actually recover objects when you deleted them? How do you recover the links between the objects when a user and you had a multi-domain environment and the user was a member of groups in the different domains, which wasn't solved back then through other technology as it is today? Or a domain controller goes down. What's the easiest way to bring things back up? Install from media was still new and, and whatnot. Yeah. So, of course, those were the parts that were all more on the operational side, people making mistakes. And, and how do I basically get back to operations quickly? That's what always the focus was. And then the worst case, in case a schema corruption, and again, uh, agree to what you just said, Gil, I hadn't at that time heard of any company being taken down. Hey, we had Kerberos, the so secure protocol, brand newly uh, introduced with Windows 2000, at least to the majority of the world. It was always there before. In, in the Unix world, but the point is it then made it into mainstream and that complexity of that protocol gave you security, yeah? And in the end, um, back then, I guess I would also say that uh, the security increased quite a bit over what people were used to in the NT days, yeah? Coming from Microsoft in the sense of a big domain and something to manage multiple machines with. So no, um, forest recovery was simply not a big thing, never really done by anybody, and certainly not described well, and, and certainly not automated in any way. Yeah, and and I think at the time, that it was only the more mature sort of forward-thinking companies where they had their IT management ask the question, well, if, if everything goes wrong, how do we recover Active Directory from backup? Um, most companies never gave it a second thought. And because it was such a low, low likelihood of occurrence, it, it was pretty far down on their, on their risk assessment. The white paper that came out of this, so you decided from, from doing this class that there needed to be a white paper that described the process? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we had we had put together a, a very detailed workbook for that workshop that that gave all the step by steps. Um, that wasn't something that you would I don't geez, it must have been 30, 40 pages or something. It was it was pretty extensive. And like Ito said, it included lots of other recovery scenarios besides uh, forest recovery. 
but it wasn't it wasn't a good way to introduce people to the the nature of the problem of recovering AD from backup. Uh, so we put together that white paper um, and published it. I think in two thousand five, maybe. Yeah, it might have been end of two thousand four or two thousand five. But like you just said, it still had the focus on basically those operational topics. Back back then, uh, there was no recycle bin. Yeah, so the, the the effort to even bring back a deleted object was much larger. Don't forget, Recycle Bin was just uh, introduced with uh, Server 2008 R2. So that's that's uh, that was easily another five years um, down the road. Yeah. So back then, the mechanisms of recovering stuff in AD were hard. And those were the ones that we concentrated on. Uh, again, the, the link situation, group memberships and whatnot. And, and the different scenarios on what about you didn't delete something, but you actually overwrote uh, by script, not so uncommon. You overwrote attributes. How do you actually read them through a copy of the Active Directory elsewhere? How do you extract that or best procedures for even running scripts by first reading, uh, saving the data, and then writing, etc., etc.? So a lot of that was um, covered in the white paper. And again, even, even at that time, I would say, was it maybe a page or two, Gil, that we gave the forced recovery topic? We mentioned it um, and described the steps over the high level. And by the time that we released the white paper, I know Microsoft had theirs. And so we basically pointed to um, their official uh, white paper that um, hasn't gotten simpler over the years. <laughs> <laughs> so you've updated or you've com gone completely new and written a new white paper after what, like 18 years so what's different now? Why why now? What's the risk or what's the situation now that requires an updated updated guidance? Well, well the, the, the big thing is that a, a lot of the more common recovery scenarios like recovering deleted objects that were inadvertently deleted or like Guido mentioned, group memberships, that the, those sorts of things are now pretty simple, either through the Microsoft tooling or through third-party tools. And they're just not a big deal anymore. But in the last, say, three to five years, with the prevalence of ransomware attacks and, and other kinds of malware that are targeting Windows networks and Active Directory specifically, the risk of someone wiping out your Active Directory entirely is actually significant now. It's, it's a non-trivial risk, whereas before it was almost unheard of. Today, it you hear about it every couple of days that some other company's been attacked and had their Windows environment completely wiped out. So to recover from that, you need to be able to recover your active directory environment from, from some known good backup. And now all of a sudden, it's an important scenario to consider it as part of your business continuity. Yeah, and let me add to that. Uh, I've had, is it is it a pleasure? Uh, I guess it is. Uh, I've had the pleasure to participate in an incident response for a compromised company that called for help last week because they were totally compromised. Their Active Directory wasn't totally gone yet, but uh, intruders were all over the place and encryption hadn't yet happened. But there is a, a stage when you're that far compromised that the intruders can basically do anything in your environment that even then, you may need to take a route that's difficult to take, which is 
taking down your production Active Directory and replacing it with a clean copy that, of course, you've prepared before doing that replacement. And that is the path that we've taken for that customer to actually save them. And um, it's it's not always everything is encrypted. That means recovery. Right. Also, if something is fully compromised, that you have a tough time to say, hey, I can actually fix this while it's running. So, of course, AD security and AD recovery doesn't begin with the moment that you are fully compromised, but actually with preventing that you become compromised by properly taking AD security serious today. Yeah, it's tomorrow might be too late. People are often overlooking that, let's say, legacy model with all the permissions that they might have added over the years as to what risk that means today for their production environment because the focus is gone. The focus is on the new stuff. The focus is on, be it Azure, be it AWS, whatever is cool and new in the cloud, that's where the people focus on and put their effort. AD, it's like old stuff. Well, and as we have seen, AD is at the center of the discussion or at the center of essentially all of the attacks, almost all of the attacks. Uh, we, we've heard it from companies like Mandiant. I was in a call with a very, very large consulting company with a couple of the top uh, threat hunters that are were eighty response people in that company, and they said of the of the hundred or so incidents that they have been involved in remediating, ninety nine of them were Active Directory was central to the attack path and what needed to be cleaned up. And there's a reason for this. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty clear that as soon as any intruder gets into the network at the beginning, they won't have typically any high privileges in the environment. They might have compromised a single device or even on that device, they're just a normal user because they're running in the security context of the user that has clicked a bad link, yeah? Through phishing, through whatever malicious website. So they won't have many permissions in the environment. And that's where the intruders begin to use Active Directory as a treasure trove of, let's say, the setup of the whole company. And um, the reason why they can do that is to a large extent, the default permissions that Microsoft gives every authenticated user. Any simple domain user has a ton of read permissions, not just on, you know, what groups do I belong to and whatever my email address is and who is in that distribution list and so on, but also on the configuration of Active Directory, including those that make it weak that are not well, that are that, that can be used by an attacker to actually then, then elevate their privileges and find the path towards domain dominance. It all begins with the normal, simple, authenticated user. And that's, again, Active Directories in the middle to give you that path to domain dominance to then have access to anything in the environment. Well, I mean, so we've established... Threat actors love Active Directory. Completely reasonable question by anyone listening to this is, well, we're, we've been backing up Active Directory for many, many years. What's different now? Why Why are you saying that, you know, you can't, your your backups are no good? Or what? what's different about Active Directory backing up and recovering Active Directory versus 
backing up and recovering a SQL server or a file server? The big difference is, is the nature of the recovery scenarios. If you've suffered a malware attack or a ransomware attack of some sort, it's likely that the operating system itself, the operating system files themselves have been uh, corrupted in some way, you know, either by adding device drivers or whatever kind of executable software might have been dropped on those servers. And a normal Active Directory backup includes all of the operating systems. So you get all of the operating system files, including the malware files, and you get the contents of Active Directory. So that actually means that if you try to recover your AD from those backups, recovering the operating system along with AD, you end up in a situation where you're just restoring the malware and you're back to where you started from. So the trick with that is how do you basically build a new Active Directory domain controller with a fresh, clean copy of Windows, but get all your Active Directory contents back? And that's that's the tricky bit. That's one of the things that we we deal with in in our ADFR product, of course. Yeah, and I think I think an important piece in this, and I have it all the time with um, customers, and a big realization in during the discussion is, uh, of course, those other backups uh, uh, work for um, the base recovery that you would then use the the uh, forest recovery guide by Microsoft with its whatever uh, zillion steps to actually get uh, the forest back to a working state. Um, and maybe you will have the tools through whatever updates to, to then ensure that that malware might be caught, ideally, if you have the right signatures and whatnot. But in the end, uh, most won't have that update quickly. It'll take some time, you know, a week or two before they can safely say, I can scan my environment that it would be clean. So typically at the time that they actually restore, choose to restore an Active Directory domain controller's backup, they have to go through their mind, what's the last version of the backup that I sort of trust to not have malware? And then they, you know, with a forensic analysis, they might find that they've been um, breached um, two, three weeks ago. And potentially that means they have to take a backup um, from that long ago to actually bring back, you know, a safe Active Directory forest. And that's, of course, a lot of loss of changes in your AD between when you took the backup uh, uh, towards uh, the recreation of a newly cleaned Active Directory forest. And um, that's that's what people need to think about when they take the traditional backups and try to recover them. Either they're really quick and uh, getting the right support for removing anything that they are unaware of uh, being uh, deployed on the domain controllers. It could be malware. Or they go the path of clean new operating systems that you trust that have nothing on them and then just bring the AD data back. That's, of course, the approach that we take. And that is most promising to not even needing to do that decision as to which backup you choose to restore. You take the last one, the last one that you have, and then your loss, your recovery point objective becomes extremely, uh, let's say, um, that's just optimal. That's the least loss that you can have on your Active Directory changes. I think an interesting point in here that we're sort of um, uh, implying but not stating directly is time and and that mm -hmm. time to recovery is 
critical because, as I like to say, everybody's running around with their hair on fire because most of the company's applications are down. So anything that you can do in the time department is important. The time to recover is critical because essentially your organization or your IT infrastructure is just not working, right? And nobody can log in, nobody can get to their files or their email or whatever. And so you really have to minimize that recovery time as much as you can. And that actually points to why it's so important to develop a recovery plan ahead of time. Because if you try to figure it out on the day, you're going to be lost. I mean, everybody's like, like you said, everybody's running around with their hair on fire. You're not going to figure out how to recover your active directory. Then that's something that you need to have planned for ahead of time and ideally practiced. Ideally, also automated as much as you can. And I've seen uh, some very nice PowerShell automation from folks to do this in a, let's say, um, fashion for large uh, companies that invested the money into that level of automation with, of course, the challenge of needing to manage that, uh, those scripts when the people, those experts, the consultants, whatever, have left them, yeah, and they now need to continue to manage that. But the, it is possible to do a lot of automation instead of actually taking all those steps that you need to perform for the metadata cleanup, for all the other steps to, to um, reset that KRB TGT token twice, you know, the password that generates the actual um, uh, um, keys for your Kerberos tokens, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's um, all of those steps that if you do them manually, the likelihood of actually making mistakes at the time, and Sean, you said it so nicely, your hair is on fire at the time of the highest pressure <laughs> that you have. Everybody's waiting on you to finish the work. Um, the likelihood of error is, of course, extremely large if the people don't take the effort to automate it. There, there's another aspect of that, too, which is this is something I, I think both Guido and I have come to realize over the last few years is that there's the, the technical challenge of recovering Active Directory from backup, which is, which is bad enough, right? I mean, it's complicated, it takes a long time, and it's easy to screw up. But there, there are all sorts of organizational processes you need to go through as well, both before you actually do the recovery um, and during the recovery and, and after the recovery. That's, this is something that uh, we've been talking about, maybe putting together a workshop around the planning and, and procedural aspects, uh, not, not just the technical recovery. So for, for example, just, just the idea of coming up with an effective set of backup schedules and a backup strategy, you know, that's, that's something you need to do beforehand. But the decision of when to recover your active directory from backup, when, when is it so bad that you, you can't fix it? That's actually hard. And how do you coordinate all of the different teams that have to be involved in the recovery? So usually it's going to be, you know, the networking team, the virtualization team, the Windows server team, the AD team, potentially legal, potentially HR. I mean, the, you you might end up involving a dozen different teams in your organization if you're a large organization just to go through the recovery process and bringing all of your, you know, taking down Active Directory, recovering it from backup, and then recovering all the critical applications that you need. Just figuring out which applications have to be recovered when and in what order is, is a 
is a job. So there's a lot of effort that's not just the um, recovery process itself. And that's that's one of the things that we've been talking about, uh, doing some sort of webinar or, or a workshop around. Well, it certainly is a, um, a flat spot when you're working with technologists is almost by definition, the reason they're technologists is because they're more comfortable with technology than they are with people and processes. So yep. <laughs> the people and processes tend to lag. This is actually a topic that I have scheduled to uh, talk about on an upcoming podcast about organizational strategies in disaster recovery and incident response. So that will be interesting as well. I realized I've been remiss in not actually saying where this white paper is published. So it's available on the Sempris website. If you look at the in the menu at the top of the website, it's available under resources. And uh, it's free for the downloading. Obviously, there's no cost associated with it. Gentlemen, any closing thoughts around the disaster recovery topic? And Probably the, the closing thought is it is something you have to deal with. It's not something that you can safely ignore anymore. The risk, the risk of, of losing your AD infrastructure is real. And the, uh, the risk matrix points to needing some sort of recovery plan um, for your active directory. So I, th- I think you have to pay attention to it and you have to do something about it. Fully agree. And I just add to that, that it's not just the recovery that you want to be prepared for, which uh, of course is sort of a given, but um, take the time to also validate the vulnerabilities that you might have in your ID to close them, to reduce the attack surface so that the likelihood of an attack going against you is strongly reduced. That'll help you. Yeah, just do the basics. You know, that that gets you a long ways. Well, great. Thank you, gentlemen, very much. Yeah, thank you, Sean. It was great. Absolutely. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for joining us on the Hybrid Identity Protection Podcast with Sean Duby. Be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Visit hipconf.com, that's H-I-P-C-O-N-F.com to learn about upcoming events, view expert presentations, and take part in the conversation.